Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Good to have you here. Um, what do we do with the, what do we call, or this two, is two thirds of a decent pastor today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quite a bit less. Yeah. Of a decent or pastor. Or like Brent's a pretty cool guy, so maybe we're half a decent pastor today. Yeah. Or maybe he's the problem. Maybe we're a full <laughs> pastor today. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'd go that way, but. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he wasn't looking too good or sounding too good. So yeah. it's like go home and. Lay on the couch. To his credit, Brent actually showed up today. He showed up. David said, yeah, turn around and go back Yeah, home. get out of here. <laughs> we don't want your cooties. Right. We're not into cooties, especially in the summer. Yeah. So. Well, and, and more than that, we want him to feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we want that too. Yeah. For sure. So I don't think we've ever done a, an episode with just two I don't think we. I think this is a, an absolute first. Like we've always had a guest if one of us is missing. Yeah. And not, not only is there only two of us, but like... The one subject that I studied hard for, we're not even doing today. So, like, I don't even know if we're going to have anything to say to each other. I think we'll have a little bit to say. Maybe Brent's little Lego over there will have some good input. So. Yeah, I'm going to pull up my list of questions here. What's a... We don't have any announcements, do we? I don't think so, but we, we, we were told to maybe not do announcements in the podcast. Oh, really? Maybe, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you weren't there for that. I can't remember. Does his name start with a J? It does. Okay. No, yeah, I wasn't was there for that, but I... Maybe a hard boycott on announcements during the podcast. Yeah, we don't have any. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never mind. We just jump right into whatever. Yeah. Um, You're going to miss Robert Plant tonight. Yeah, I'm going to Yeah, I'm otherwise engaged tonight, so I don't get to go see Robert Plant. And I'm Allison sorry. Krause and Bend. I'm the, sorry. The one show that I would have gone to, the, that I would have bought tickets for. And it's possible that this dude will never make his way back here again because he's a little old. I, I think he's in his 80s. I think sure. you might be right. <clears throat> I did see him the last time he was in Ben, though, and it was fantastic. I'm a okay, big, big so Led Zeppelin fan, so hopefully that doesn't turn anybody off. But which one was your favorite album? Led Zeppelin, all of them. I was just Led Zeppelin, the greatest rock band ever. Okay. So you don't, not, there's not one album that's like definitive no, for you? Not one. I, I just like it all. But, but I'm kind of like that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not one to have like a favorite this or favorite that. Mm-hmm. Like some, somebody asked me the other day, <clears throat> what's my favorite song yeah. right now? And it's like, well, I got a, a playlist of. Just songs that I like. like I don't yeah, sure. Favorite one. Sure, sure. So, so you don't have a favorite child? No, I don't, I don't have a favorite <laughs> child. <laughs> I'm the same way with with play. I mean, I definitely have so, some that I'm more happy with now than others, but not a favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Depends on the day. Right. Ask, ask me tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm the same way with songs. Where I'll have I have a playlist that that I'm always have running that I'm taking things out yeah. of and putting things in. That's just called like now. And so it's just what I'm yeah. enjoying now. So it's constant. That's changing. a good idea. Just yeah. having a now playlist. It's now. I'm, I might adopt that. It's where my brain is right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, because because it fluctuates. It fluctuates. So I have all my other playlists. They stay the same. They are what yeah. they are. But now is the one that's constantly changing. Right. So. It's where so my yeah. So, so I do have a, a just Led Zeppelin playlist. Okay. Yeah. You should. Led Zeppelin. Rightly so. Yeah. yeah. Everybody should have a Led Zeppelin playlist. I don't know. Well, everyone that I've heard that 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 loves Led Zeppelin. Typically, the fourth album is yeah. is the one. Yeah, I've, I've heard that okay. as well. So, you're kind of punk rock that you're not <laughs> that you're not going that way. I don't know. I've never been called punk rock before. You are punk rock. You're a Christian. Yeah, that's punk rock. In <laughs> right. so, yeah. so that'd be a, a good discussion one day. Punk rock Christianity. I, I, I would love that. I just saw the Tooth and Nail. People are probably like, "What the heck is that?" So Tooth and Nail. If you weren't around in the 80s and loved music, I'm sorry, 90s and loved music. They were a huge label that started signing Christian bands that didn't really try to be Christian, mm-hmm. right? So it was just it, it was kind of didn't fit. Anywhere it was else. based more on like their artistry, like oh, they're they're actually good musicians. They actually <clears throat> play music I want to hear, right? Yeah. Because Christian Christian music up to that point was just gaka. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it tried really hard, and it just wasn't very good. And yeah. so this dude started finding bands of people that loved the Lord, but like they didn't necessarily. You know, it wasn't necessarily clear by, they were just good musicians, yeah. you know. So tooth and nail form. But anyway, I watched the documentary the other night. Huh, that it. sounds pretty fascinating. Um, and they talked about how it was, it was actually quite punk rock, you know, 
yeah. what it was because you had these Christians that actually were just good musicians and it wasn't based on, you know, necessarily what they were singing right. as to why people were buying them. They were actually crossing lines and, you know, anyway, yeah. it was kind of neat. Neat. <clears throat> We've talked about this before, not to get too much sidetracked from the nope. topic of the day, but, you know, there was a, a Christian music store in Bend years ago, like in the 90s, that had a pretty good slide. Like they had a guy there that would kind of pull in the un- unknown Christian bands that were yep. pretty good. and he had a lot of tooth and nail stuff. A lot, a lot of kind of obscure, you know, not, yeah. not the pop Christian right. stuff. And the best part about it was he set up listening stations. Yeah. There was like uh, four or five listening stations yep. where you could pull any demo <coughs> off the shelves. And we weren't worried about in. sharing headphones back then. No. So I spent like <laughs> a lot, like hundreds of hours there and yeah. probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Right. Same here. Maybe. So. I, I think we were probably there... Long before we probably, knew each other, yeah. probably were there at the same time. Probably first time listening, we ran into each listening other. Listening to music, yeah. Knowing it. So, <laughs> <yep>. Anywho, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so today we've got a couple couple of topics that we want to look at. So, um, one topic we want to look at is kind of what, what's my role in the church. So mm-hmm. Somebody might ask the question, "How do I fit in mm-hmm. to the church?" Uh, and then the other one, uh, we actually had a question come up. Uh, somebody approached me on Sunday, like right before church, and so just didn't have a chance to really address the question uh, about how to evangelize contentious family members or, or contentious people, like people that maybe don't want to hear what you have to say, but are people that you care about, um, and maybe how to how to approach them. So, That's a hard question. Yeah, it is. I don't know if, if we'll have many great I'm answers. I'm not sure what the answer is. To that. <laughs> my, my quick answer, as, as I was, you know, walking up to the front on Sunday when when this person asked the question, was just to pray and ask God for wisdom mm-hmm. you know, in the moment. But, but sure. maybe, maybe we can offer some more help than just that. Sure. You, I mean, you want to start with that one, or yeah, we could start with that one. Yeah. You want to pray? And then uh, then? I, I do. Yeah. yeah. Lord God, thank you uh, for this time. Uh, thank you for this uh, podcast where um, we're always just stimulated um, by your word and, um, again, just thinking, uh, growing in the knowledge of uh, your grace uh, towards us and towards your church, God. Uh, I pray that we are accurate and we are faithful um, in our answers, in our discussion, God. And we do pray for Brett today as he can't be here, that um, you just heal him up and give him some rest and, and, uh, and yeah, some healing. So uh, thank you for this time, for all who are tuning in. Um, and thank you for another day in your graces. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> so maybe um, before we... Oh, also. Get, get, yeah, go ahead. We do, have, we do have a building full of young kids oh, yeah. right now. So if you, if you hear anything weird in the background, that <coughs> is us. You're not imagining it. You are hearing, you are hearing kids. We tried closing the doors, yeah. but it, it might still get kind of loud. So yeah. anyway. Hopefully okay. we'll survive. Yep, we'll survive. We'll make it. Um, so maybe a pre-question before we dive into the, the question of how to evangelize contentious people. Yeah. Are, is evangelism something that's required of every Christian? Yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was Spurgeon that that said um, all Christians are either a missionary or an imposter. Yeah, you know, and and I like that. So, um, and I think that we can we can play with that a little bit because evangelism is a is a gift, right? Right. It is an office, and so I think a lot of Christians can look at that and go, "Well, I, I clearly Ooh. don't have that gift, therefore, I don't have to worry right. about it or be mindful of it or put any effort." So there might be it. some that have kind of more of a special gift in that area, but it doesn't let yeah. everybody else off the hook. Yeah, it's like the difference between you know Michael Jordan in basketball yeah. and your average other guy on a team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like 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 some some people are like really good at something, and uh, and other people just do it. And rightly so. Right. They need to be doing it. So, yeah, evangelism is that way where I think we can play it off. But absolutely everybody should be intentional, mindful, um, desiring every single day um, to share Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> so maybe I'll ask in that vein, then, like, what, what, what does that look like on a practical level um, just to share Christ every day? Because I, th- I think when we think about evangelism, at least for me, my mind tends to go to um, you know, you think of Billy Graham or Luis Palau filling mm-hmm. stadiums, or you think about um, you know street preachers, right? You know, people on street corners, just cold cocking someone, right? And yeah. Things like like I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kudos to them. You know, in their zeal, whatever you can argue about whether that's a good idea or bad idea, effective mm-hmm. or ineffective. But like I would never do that. I'm just not that. I'm not wired that way for sure. <clears throat> so so what what does evangelism look like just on a day to day basis? And I'm asking you not because you're the only one here, but like I think you, this is something that you do pretty well. Um, but I, I always learn from you in this area. Like when we go places and or just around groups of people, it just seems to happen. Right. Well, I, I, I try to, um, 
I, I try to keep it on my mind. So I, I would yeah. use the word intentional again. So like I, I feel like every interaction um, is is an opportunity for the door being open, right? Um, so I, I don't cold cock people. I, I think I have a couple sure. times, um, but like it, the circumstance has to be just right for that. But that's not typical. But but I always want that to be the goal of any interaction that I have with any stranger or family member or anybody is that we can talk about Christ and discover what Christ has done for us, whether it's a believer or not believer. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing better than that. So, um, so a lot of times it's just because I'm mindful of that, just choosing my words carefully, um, you know, directing the conversation, you know, even if it's in inches, even right. if it's in small ways. To, to hopefully bring it to a certain place. So again, it's the intentionality component. It's just yeah. in, in what's being talked about, the questions being asked. Um, so it's almost like inve- investigating. I think we've talked about this before. It's almost like if you're um, like interviewing somebody, you're asking a lot of questions, you know, and they, they think you care about them, which you do. Which hopefully you do, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but more than just caring about them, what I'm thinking is I, I'm collecting data. Right. I'm collecting right. information that's going to help me know how to evangelize or how to take the evangelism, what direction to take it by collecting that data and collecting that information. So, so again, it's, it's just being intentional. It's yeah. that that is my goal when I meet somebody. And so how do I do it? Well, you do it by kindness and, you know, by caring, by compassion, by uh, interaction, by, yeah. you know, by all those things. So, um, so there's a lot of characteristics that go into um, evangelism rather than just walking up and being like, you're going to hell. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. I always think of, you'll probably remember what I'm talking about. There was a time that we went to a conference up in Portland and we were hanging out afterwards and this guy walked by our table and, and you just said, Hey man, there's a guy walked by the table. <laughs> and before we knew it, like we're in a conversation with this guy, I think for a couple of hours, hmm. um, you know, and we got to, to share Christ with him and, hmm. and, just, and it just started with you just saying, Hey man, as he yeah. walked by. So it can be that you simple, know? right? Uh, again, it's just it's something that's intentional. Yeah, it's it's easy to just leave strangers alone, and they mind their own business, and you mind your own business. That's something we can all do. Yeah, you know, we can all um, actually kind of break through that wall of you know privacy in public, and and just be be kind. Yeah, it, even if it's as simple as saying hi to somebody. You know. Yeah. So yeah, and I think people <clears throat> people aren't as afraid to talk about religion as we might think they are or spirituality mm-hmm. right just thinking of people that you know that might not be christians that we would engage you know sure. who might consider themselves you know a religious person or a spiritual person but might not have like a specific faith that they lean towards mm-hmm. you know I, I think we've got to get over this fear that we have that like like you know you don't talk about politics and religion at the dinner table kind of mentality right. that, that I, don't, I don't think people are as afraid to talk about that as we think that they might be sure especially if we can engage them in a personal way that, that shows that we care about them not not that we're just you know trying trying to, to you know sucker punch them with the gospel mm-hmm. um, that, that we do care and that, and that it comes kind of through just natural conversation as we're getting to know people for sure yeah um, you know, what, what are some what are some ways that you can engage people in that way? Um, maybe questions that you could ask. Like, I, I think if, you know people might have a fear of like, well, I don't even know enough to evangelize somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What would you say to those people that like, what are some questions that they might be able to ask, or, or ways that they might be able to engage yeah. people in? Well, again, your co- spiritual you're, matters. You're connecting. You're collecting data. So, like, um, like I said earlier, if you if you're naturally collecting data or um, investigating, basically. Uh, gathering information on a stranger, it's really easy to start with, are you are you from here? Right. Where'd you grow up? That right there is going to get you into something. Sure. Then eventually I will move to like, did you grow up in the church? Like that's one, that's the easiest yeah. inroad right there. Um, did you grow up in the church? Um, and that will usually send you on a path and mm-hmm. even let you know if this person's even willing to engage that direction right. or if they just shut you down. Like, like okay, we're, we're done going that direction. So, so again, that tells you a lot right there. But it can be something that simple, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, that is the 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 opening, the entry question every time for me. Did you grow up in the church? Gives yeah. me everything I need to go the direction I need to go yeah. from there. Because then from there you can you can go into you know hundreds of questions that are pertinent that right. are going to take you towards an actual gospel moment. Right. So. 
Yeah. I've asked people in the past, like, do you consider yourself religious or spiritual? You yeah. know, something like that. Sure. Um, you know, and, and the answer to that question can be kind of telling depending on how people respond to that. And that can open the door, you know, for a further discussion, even just, oh, you know, t- tell me about your beliefs. Sure. You know, you know tell me about your faith mm-hmm. um, and give people an opportunity, you know, to talk about that and then, you know, jump on the opportunities to speak to you know, well, you told me about your faith. Let me tell you about mine. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a thing. Or let me tell you about my spiritual journey. That's you know, kind of the catchphrase these days. Sure, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> what about when it comes to uh, contentious people? So yeah. the question that I got, you know, from from the person in our church was that they were getting ready to go visit some family members who uh, have a different faith, you know, sure. not, not of the Christian faith, uh, and this person was expecting them to be contentious, yeah. you know, towards her and. The question was, you know, how, how do I approach this? Should, should I not approach it at all? Right. And if so, how do I approach, you know, how do I cut through the contentiousness? Yeah. And that's a hard one. It is a hard one. And there's there's different factors that go into that, right? Like there's a difference between a stranger that you just met and that you're sitting down and that mm-hmm. you're probably never going to see again, right? right. Um, and then the stakes a, are lower. And then a family scenario. member <laughs> that you're going to you're gonna revisit their presence over and yeah. over again throughout the years. And there's an ongoing, on-running relationship. And so, like, yeah. that, that is a dynamic, I think, that plays into it and Absolutely. should be Absolutely. considered. I might be a little more <clears throat> bold and a little more risky uh, for the sake of the stranger um, if they have made it known, like, sure. I don't. Like, I don't want anything to do with what you're laying down. Um, I still may go ahead and say what needs to be said, right? Um, and then they can, you know, God can do whatever he does when they when they leave. Right. With a family member, though, you've got an ongoing, you know, relationship, which means that there's, there's interaction that matters ongoing. Right. You don't want to ostracize yourself, right? Um, and so there's times, I think, in our family where we, we have had it, where family members have not wanted... To have anything to do and have gotten even hostile and so we we have chosen at those times to back off mm-hmm. so they know clearly where we're at they know clearly what we're about they know clearly what we want from them um, but they don't they clearly don't want us to talk about it ever again right. <laughs> so um, so I, I feel like once we've said what needs to be said and they know where we're, we're at they know where they can go if they ever want to reopen that door and so sure. I was actually thinking of, of this verse Right when we got up here, um, where uh, Paul says to Timothy in First Timothy two, uh, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. And he's really talking about mm-hmm. all kinds of people there, even the ones that we don't expect or the hostile ones. Because he goes on to say, for kings and for all who are in high positions. So he's clearly talking about the people that we that we uh, that we don't think we can ever have an opportunity with, uh-huh. or or that are that are just straight against us. Right, and he's saying we, you need to be praying for these people first and foremost that we may lead. He says a a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. So there's a point where, um, in those circumstances of hostility, where we where it goes from a, a verbal game, right, to an action game. Right. That's what I believe. You know. Paul's putting forth here to Timothy. Make sure the church there, under these people that are hostile towards you, um, know, know you by your kindness, your godliness, that you're not, you know, causing problems. That you're, and, and so it, it's it's that our conduct is is still extremely loving. Sure. Know? So we go we go to a ground game instead of an or, an air game, maybe you know. But we're praying yeah. for them. So um, so the evangelism doesn't stop. It just what it looks like or sounds like changes. Right. Right. So it may not be so much here. But more here, right? Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna let me give you the greatest thing I can give you here. I'm gonna give you the greatest thing I can give you still relationally, right? Yeah, and you. that eventually could win you an audience. Can win you something. That would be the hope that it would win you an audience down the road for, for further sure. conversation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was thinking the other day. I have a I have a friend, long time, a childhood friend who you know <clears throat> I kind of fear has maybe wandered from the faith, mm-hmm. and, and I've prayed for this friend a lot. Um, have not engaged much in conversation. Um, and there's probably a little bit of fear of like, you know, is this going to wreck a you know, lifelong friendship, you know, kind of thing, um, you know, if I push too hard sure. on this. Um, but, a, but a saying that, that kind of has been popping into my mind lately, and I can't remember where I originally heard it, but, you know, it just keeps coming up. Like you can, you can pray that God would provide a hole 
and at the same time you can pick up a shovel and get to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <clears throat> I had another friend reach out to me this week about the first friend. He's like, hey, what's going on with this person? And like shared some concerns. And anyway, for me, it was convicting, like, okay, maybe it's time to pick up a shovel. Yeah. Like I've been praying for a hole for a long time, but maybe sure. it's time to pick up a shovel finally sure. and engage, sure. you know, in what, what I think is, you know, maybe not going to go well. Sure. Um, maybe it would be a hard conversation. Maybe sure. it would be contentious. Yeah. Um, but because I care for this friend, like it needs to happen. For sure. And, and, there, and there's, there, there's another component as far as the spirit, right? Like yeah. if, if you don't feel like, uh, I mean, no one's guaranteed tomorrow, but um, if, if you feel like you're being prompted, like it's now or never type thing, yeah. or, or the spirit's just pressing on you, like you've got to say something yeah. this time that you see this person, like then it's disobedient not right. to. <laughs> right. <laughs> not to trust and, that. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at yeah. in this particular situation yeah. that like maybe it's been disobedience, yeah. you know, that, that I haven't engaged mm-hmm. in this you know, spiritual things with this mm-hmm. particular relationship. For sure. I feel like yeah. that's probably our greatest, like overall in general with Christians, that's probably our, our greater um, negative tendency mm-hmm. um, rather than pushing too hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've met those Christians that yeah. need to be locked in a cave somewhere <laughs> because they just push, push, they don't know it. They right. don't understand anything. But I think our greater tendency is just to be quiet. We don't want to, yeah. we don't want to rock the boat. And, and that's horrible. It is. You know? Yeah. That's, that's a horrible thing. Yeah, it's horrible to push too hard. It's it's horrible not to push at all. Mm-hmm. And and somewhere in there, you know that that's where you know that we need to pray and ask God for wisdom and for sure. you know, to know. For sure. Because sometimes I think we do need to push hard. For you sure. Know, to, you alluded to that, and and other times it's time to maybe pull back a little bit and just you know be loving in our relationships. And, yep. and it's hard to. It's not a one size fits all. I do it this way every time. Exactly. Right. It kind of you know, depends on the circumstance and the people and the all kinds of variables. Yeah, it's not formulaic. In. Yeah. Which keeps us. Um, completely relying on on God, like yeah. we need to be mindful of God when we go into these interactions, yeah. um, so that we may know um, how to answer, when to answer, mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah, God's God's the one who's gonna who's gonna give us that option, and, right? Yeah, and I think just in terms of maybe an effective way to do that is that, that often I think it's more effective, can be maybe not always, but can be more effective to to ask questions of people mm-hmm. rather than like to tell them. <laughs> Totally. Like there are times that, you know, you, there's things that you just need to say, but, but totally. kind of ask, asking questions, you know, and being inquisitive is, you know, maybe a more effective tact than saying, well, let me tell you this. Yeah. A discussion yeah. or a two-way interaction yeah. is always going to be, um, um, you know, more appeasing than, yeah. <laughs> than someone who's, who's come to tell you a thing or two. Right. You know, um, I kind of did this a couple of weeks ago. We talked about I went to Gary Phyllis's parents' house, yeah. and it was so awkward because they didn't know me. I was a stranger in their home, and I've got like a half hour to try to share the gospel with these people. And um, and yet, I'm not just going to walk in and and do right. this dialogue. I'm not going to walk in like preacher man, you know what I mean, in their home and throw down on them. And so I'm trying to be... Uh, super polite as a guest and, and super meek and you know they're my elders so I'm trying yeah. to respect them as elders and I'm just praying the whole time I'm getting nothing for like the first 15 minutes there's no response with any of the questions that I'm asking and and I'm praying like God you gotta give you, you gotta help me out you gotta give me an opening and um, and there was finally a point where I asked him about <clears throat> his relationship with Gary his son when he was younger and that was it and it opened the door, and this yeah. guy started talking about how horrible Gary was and how horrible their relationship was, how they just were constantly battling. And, um, and so I was able, obviously, to go, like, what do you think of him now? Like, what happened? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of him. Like, I can't believe who Gary is. And I'm like, did he just wake up one day and, <laughs> and like, decide he was going to go from a bad guy to a good guy? Right. Or, or like, like, what do you think of that? And he, was, and he was like, no. And it, it, that testimony that he had, that he led into, allowed me to lead into the power of Christ and the difference of Christ in our lives. And then I got to share my testimony and share the gospel. And so, like, like asking questions, yeah. even if you feel like you're striking out, you know, and then just being mindful of right. what you can take, what you can extract from each, you know, response. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Most people, probably not through across the board, but I think most people um, enjoy talking about themselves. And I don't necessarily even mean that in, they a, really in a negative sort of way. Yep. I mean, some people can take it, you know, to a level that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. narcissistic. No or, chance. Or some people or, really like to or, talk about Or whatever, <laughs> but, but generally, like, like if you're, you know, engaging people in a way that causes them to talk about yeah. themselves, like that, that's a good tactic. If someone shows interest in them, yeah, yeah, that people dig that in general. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, so, so let me ask you this then. So, so what, what is, what is evangelism? So, and, and let me, um, to clarify, like, is inviting somebody to church evangelism? No, but it could lead to it. Right. <laughs> right. No, inviting someone to church is inviting someone to church. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we'll do that and we think, okay, I've done my part. Right. right. Well, well, and, and, and in all fairness, a we, good thing. we get the tactic, right? Is, sure. Is I don't feel comfortable in preaching the gospel to right. somebody, but I know that, that my pastor, it, he's, the gospel is going to be shared. Right. So right. I know that if I can get them in front of this guy, right? Right. That, you know, kind of like the lame guy at the pool, like, hey, if someone can just pick me up and get right. me into the water, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's right. like, I, I do believe it's valid. I do believe it's something that that we could be doing is, is in inviting neighbors and coworkers Absolutely. and stuff like that to church because if you're going to a good one, they will be hearing the gospel right. no matter what day they walk in. They're going to hear the gospel, but it's not yeah. evangelism. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to make that point that that's yeah. not necessarily evangelism. Yeah. It's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to something do. Something that, that we should do, <clears throat> but but just maybe, um, you know, God would have you do more than just that. Sure. You know. For sure. Um, you know, invite somebody to church, take them out to lunch, invite them over to your house, mm-hmm. and you know, you can engage them and say, hey, well, you know, what'd you think about that? What'd you For think sure. about what you heard? For sure. You know, and continue on, you know, with your, your line of questioning to engage people yeah. uh, in ways that, that will open them up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, any, anything else that you want to say on no, I would evangelizing just, contentious I would just people, pick, especially? No, I would just, I would piggyback on actually what the distinction you just made between inviting someone to church. Because that can be such a passive thing. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know that somebody, that, that person on some kind of level to invite them to church. But it's, mm-hmm. it's easy for us to be hands off still. Right. Right. We're still, we're still passing them <laughs> off in a sense or hoping to yeah. pass them off. Where, um, you know, it's been called friendship evangelism right. um, is, is simply legit. It, it, like it, it goes so far. There's so much strength and credence in, in, in us um, actually befriending people, even yeah. if they're hostile, uh, especially yeah. when they're hostile, that we would still want something to do with them, that we would still pursue them, that right. we would still spend time with them and get to know them. Um, even when they're opposed, yeah, it's a big deal. It and is. so, like um, investment evangelism or friendship evangelism, um, like matters. Loving your enemy matters, right? Um, so, actually, getting to know people <clears throat> instead of just passing them off. I saw a post the other day from <clears throat> a friend that we have in common. Um, you know, posting some, like a Christian thought. You know, kind of like here's something to think about, kind of post and. Uh, and, and it kind of caught my attention, and so I, there was a bunch of comments, and so I decided to read the comments, and there was uh, a guy in the comments who uh, was a professed atheist, mm. but but was engaging, like wasn't hostile. <clears throat> he was engaging, you know, with this post, and I don't I don't know this other guy, and I don't know the story of their relationship, but it just seemed like there was a friendship there, yeah, um, awesome. you know, between our friend and this you know, professed cool. atheist, and like there was like meaningful conversation yep. that happened. Yep. Uh, from you know, the one guy coming from a, a, a belief of atheism, but, but was still willing to engage yep. in the conversation, and it was just kind of cool. It's, it's super. To awesome. See that happen. I would I would almost like argue against everything that we learned growing up in church, assuming we all heard the same <laughs> thing. Like if you're if you consider yourself a Christian and you don't have any friends at all that are non-believers, like you need to fix that. Right. Like you you need to fix that. Like every Christian should have like legitimate. Friendships and relationships yeah. and connections with non-believers. Yeah. So Absolutely. if not, then we're imposters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're separatists. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we move on to the next topic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that next question is: uh, How do we know where we fit in in the church? So, yeah. so may, maybe some some pre questions to kind of set this one up. I actually wrote down a few questions. Um, what is the church? We've talked about this a lot, so I don't feel the need to like you know take a deep dive into this right now, but like when we think of, like we might say like I'm going to church today, right? right. right? Uh, or I'm, I'm going to the church, yeah. you know, like it's a place or it's an activity sure. that we participate in, just like in a broad sense, like what is the church? Yeah, it, well, it's, a, it's, the, it's the body of Christ. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you've got Christ who is literally like a body, like if you think like a body, like the body that you possess and that Chad possesses, it's Christ is like the head. Yeah. And then... All Christians everywhere are make up the body and different functions of the right. body. So, so, so the church is a people before it's, before it's anything. It's a else. living organism yeah. uh, as far as the like the collective yeah. of the assembly. 
the yeah. full assembly. So, so long before it's a building or a place or an activity, yeah, which which it is like those things are are part of it, right? But but the church at the end of the day is is a people, yeah, um, you know, a people together, yeah, not apart, right? Yep. So so what what do you say to the people who um, I don't know if I want to go here or not, but just this thing of like on, on, online is church. this controversial? Chat? Little little, little sidetrack. Online online church. Online church. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we live stream our services yeah. and we find that there's a value in that yeah. for people who aren't able to always, you know, be here to participate. I guess I'm thinking more of the people who kind of more are exclusively yeah. online or I even hear churches these days to kind of touting like be a part of our online campus. Right. Um, which just gets under my skin every time I hear it. For sure. <laughs> to our online campus. For sure. But like, like there's a fundamental misunderstanding there of, of what the church is. No doubt. Um, and the next domino that falls is the value of the church in the life of the Christian. For right? sure. Yep. So, so so why why do we as Christians need the church as you've just described? Like why do we need the body? Well, like my, my lungs need oxygen. <laughs> my heart <Yeah>. needs blood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, like you can go on and on and on with the body analogy. That's why. Yeah. It's because I, I'm only a small part a small working member of a larger organism right right? and so if i am isolated from the larger organism or cut off which we could argue online church continue that that is cut um then then i'm handicapped i'm I'm actually like legitimately handicapped um and that's not you know there's no strength in that there's no health in that there's weakness and there's um unhealth Right. right, and so too is it with us as individual members of the body, apart from the larger organism. Yeah, like it, there's, um, we're not we're not benefiting the way we're meant to benefit. We're not getting the things that we need to get. We, we're not as strong as we need to be. We're not as healthy as we need to be. I mean, you can go on and on right. and on and on and on with the body analogy. So yeah, well, that leads perfectly into um, passage that I would like to read. So Romans chapter twelve. Uh, starting in verse 3, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For, as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And I want to zero in just for a moment on the, the idea that we're members of one another. Yeah. Because that plays into what you were exactly saying. You don't see like a thumb out there surviving on its own. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that thing's going to die right. you know, in no time, you know, apart from the rest of the body. Right. You remember that horror film with just the hand? Yeah. It's called The Hand. Yeah. And it's just this hand like crawling around. <laughs> right. And it was just like, this isn't even scary. This is stupid. Right. right. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> well, what, what, what does it mean that, that we're members of one another? That we're actually... It's it's more than like being in each other's presence. It's that we're directly connected. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So there's, um, yeah, there's there's an actual connection, and and that we need one another. Yeah. Not just that we're connected. And I guess that's what I mean. Well, that's I guess what I mean by the connected is that there's something there's something necessary about us each. Yeah. And and if that's not there, then we're 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 actually hurting. So yeah, we need yeah each other. So, yes. so, so what, do, what do you say then to the person who would say that maybe like I love Jesus but his people not so much like I've seen that kind of bumper sticker yeah you know many times and yeah. I've heard that sentiment many times yeah I mean I would say that I totally agree on some days <laughs> with that statement <laughs> right. but it's a completely everyday false statement like, yeah. it's a stupid statement <laughs> so um, yeah yeah because and it's because we need each other it's not because we're perfect right like, we all get that we all get the frustrations and the challenges of being closely knit and closely connected together mm-hmm. when we do life. There are challenges in that, and that's right. That's why the statement has legs and people use it, right? right? Is it's that, you know, that close contact Christianity. That and and I think that's about. part of the appeal of maybe online campuses, online church, because yes. we can we can get what we came to get yep. without having the messiness I can, of... I can of, hear the music. Right. I can hear the preaching, right? From the comfort of my own home yep. with zero messiness, like zero 
um, yeah. challenge or discouragement. Don't or talk to anybody. Yeah, zero relationship. Yeah. And that's super appealing to a lot of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember years ago talking to somebody uh, about this very thing, and you know, their, their sentiment was, you know, this was an older retired person who, um, you know, faithfully worked a, a job, you know, their whole career, like didn't go from job to job, and you know, raised good kids, and, and the sentiment was like, I didn't sign up to, to help other people in these things. Right. And it's like, like you're a Christian. Right. Like you, you did, whether you knew it or not, sign up to, like yeah. there's people in our I church. I have a verse. Right? There's people in our church that need to know how to hold down a job. And, and right. You know, you worked a job, you know, for 30 years. Right. You know, there's people that need help raising their kids. And, right. You know, you successfully raised kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that can benefit from what you learned. You know, you've been married, you know, to your wife for all these years, and there's people that need help right. with that. Right. Um, you know, like there's the, the connectedness of the body and the need of one person, you know, to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and here was this person saying, yeah, no, not for me. Right. <laughs> didn't, didn't sign up for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it really, at the end of the day, was more of a, like this consumeristic mentality. It is. And so the next question that I want to throw out there is like, is the church something from which we consume? Right. Or is it something to which we contribute? Well, this is, I mean, uh, we... We talk about this all the time. I mean, the the answer is obvious, but um, you know, practically, a lot of people never make that connection. They're mm-hmm. even if they know the church is not to consume, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop them <clears throat> from intentionally doing things that right. consume. Right. Um, so I, I would say that's, and, and I kind of want to go back for a second. I know yeah. I'm going backward, but we talked about the online thing, how we're separ- we're getting what we want. My yeah, assist. Yeah. You can actually do that also. Physically attending churches. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So like the, people do it we're day. talking about an attitude and a mindset, um, a, a view towards what church is, I'm which is where you started, right? Rather than um, rather than just what you do or don't do. Right. Because there, there's there's people in our church that have been coming for years that um, that don't do the relationship thing. They're, they're, they might as well be online because they come in late. They hear them. They hear. They get what they want. They hear the music. They hear the preaching. They leave early. There's no yeah. relational connections going on. There's there's no um, activity as far as the right. member to member reality, right? And so they are also are consumers, even though they could check the box of coming to church and even maybe giving dropping money in the box. Yeah. So so like th- that's not just something that happens right on the other side of the television right. no, screen or the computer screen. Up. Like we can it, it is a mindset. Yeah. It is it is us fundamentally like accepting, acknowledging, receiving and then being obedient to what the Bible tells us we're a part of. Right. Right. And that's really where the money is too. I think that's yeah. the biggest like like challenge in it when you see it is not just that like these people are being selfish. That's part of it. That's annoying. But it's also that they're ripping themselves off. Right. Like, yeah, like they don't even realize it. The amount often. of the amount of things they're forfeiting by walking in that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, is a real bummer for them. Yeah. You know. So you're bummed for the congregation, <laughs> but you're bummed for them too. It's almost something to be pitied. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, we live in a consumeristic society, mm-hmm. and, and everything in society tends to feed, I think, our consumerism. For sure. Um, you know, every you know. TV show or movie we watch and the commercials in between, like it, it's appealing to our consumerism. Yeah. And, you know, there's, you know, like our approach to church should be fundamentally different to, to yes. your point. Yes. But, but oftentimes we approach our involvement in the church you yeah. know, with that same consumeristic mentality of like, I'm here for me, I'm here for what I get out of it. Right. Um, you know, and, and the minute that I stop getting something out of it, you know, I'm, I'm going to move on right. to somewhere else right. where, where I'm getting more. Right. And that could be the, you know, whether it's the, the content of the sermon or the style sure. of music or, or whatever. Or if somebody rubs you the wrong way, yeah. you know, like I, I see online a lot. There, you know, years ago there was this um, <clears throat> movement on social media. It still is today, but kind of at the height of it, you know, several years back, the, the Me Too movement yep. where, you know, kind of hashtag Me Too was yep. about, you know, people who had suffered abuse. Yes. And I just thought, like, what a cool use of social media to, to bring awareness, you know, to this thing. But, but now I see a hashtag Church Too. Mm-hmm. And the idea of is like I've been hurt by the church, I and, and I don't want to like minim- like people have been hurt by yeah, the church, sure. right? so I don't want to minimize sure. that or, or belittle sure. it in any way. Right. It's just interesting this whole church to movement, yeah. and, and you hear people's stories about how they've been hurt. And sometimes 
those stories like sometimes they're legitimate sometimes it's just people's consumerism right. was offended well whether right? whether they're legitimate or they're consumeristic in nature um like the bible answers that hurt right right <laughs> like, and, and the answer is never um that's it i'm going to break away from right. the body of christ right like it, it is an inevitability as we get which is why people don't do it as right. we get close in relationships you know, the percentage of being hurt goes up. The percentage yep. of being disappointed goes up. Like that's just, that's not church. Right. That's just relationship, you, sure. you know, humanism 101. Um, but um, it, it's actually the, the, the idea of, like you were talking about with that person earlier, like I didn't, I didn't sign up to like help these people out. You know what I mean? That's like, yeah. it's fundamentally like anti-Christian. It's flawed thinking. It's actually counter-Christian. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not just flawed. It's actually against yeah. everything you say you are and you claim to be. Right. right? And right. so like I was looking at this um, this morning before I came. It's a statement that Jesus makes to his disciples, to his followers, you know, in Mark chapter 10. He says, "Who, who whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be the first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. This is mm -hmm. Christianity. This right. is what it looks like to be a Christian. This is what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so when we're when we're strongly opposing this and and even willingly, consciously rejecting this, mm -hmm. there's a problem. Like maybe sure. even a bigger problem. We're, we're opposing <laughs> Jesus. There's a bigger point. problem. Yeah. Well, we're actually rejecting everything we say yeah. we belong to and are. Yeah. Right. So, and I get it. I get it. I get right. why we do it. Right. So, so now that we've, you know, set that up and, and established that, what would you say to the person who's saying, where do I fit in in the church? Maybe the person that says, okay, here, I hear what you're saying. I would start actually. Where do I fit in? I would actually start with that statement right there. I believe that if you have, if, if your motive or your mindset starts on a foundation of service, mm -hmm. of outward rather than inward, you're going to find a place to fit in. Sure. You will that find something to do. There will be a shovel to pick up. There will be, yeah. like, there will be a trash can to be emptied. There will be um, coffee to be made. There will be chairs to be straightened. Right. You know, like, <laughs> you can, like, if you want to serve and be a servant to others, you simply will find something. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I know that doesn't talk to specific giftings and callings, which we all have. But, but it speaks to a mindset. But let's start there. Yeah. Let's start with the mindset. Yeah. And you will find you will find something to do. I think it, like we have a couple in our fellowship who, from day one, you know, they, they showed up and they're like, "How can we help?" Yeah. <laughs> and they just jumped in and you we've know, had a lot of those lately. Like, haven't we? Put out the pastries, you know, Bill yeah. and Lori putting out the pastries every mm -hmm. week. That like from day one, like they just were intent and had this mindset. Yeah. Um, and like in, we're encouraged by that, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, we've even had the people at the front door that are standing at the front door, opening it yeah. for everybody and greeting everybody with a smile and, and a kind word. Um, no one asked them to do yeah, that. Yeah, without being asked. Yeah, it's just like, oh, here's a hole, and, and yeah. I want to serve, so I'm going to jump in that hole. Yeah, and fill it. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so I think that. motive, like obviously, matters because you can get yeah. people that are willing to do all kinds of things. You and I have seen this over the years. As pastors, I'm sure many times over, where people show up and they're like, I'm here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of mentality. Like, <laughs> where, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Yeah. But their attitude, they, they are all about them, even though they're willing to right. actually do things. Right. And it's like, yeah, we'd rather you actually just go sit down for a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I remember a guy years ago, this, this is a little bit funny, a little bit sad, but a little bit funny at the same time, who, you know, kind of, kind of was like that, you know, it was asking the questions, you know, where, where can I serve, where can I fit in, and, and you know, so then getting to know this guy would ask, like, well, what are you good at, what are, what are your gifts, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm a public speaker, so I could probably preach. Right. And we're just like, no. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't even know you, you know, right. like, like maybe later, but, yeah. but now, you know, no. Yeah. And, and so then, you know, we presented an opportunity to this guy to, to be kind of an assistant in helping put on this event. Yeah. And it was kind of like the office where, you know, Dwight was like, he calls himself the assistant manager when he's the assistant to the regional manager. Mm -hmm. It was kind of that dynamic mm -hmm. of there's a guy that thought kind of more highly of himself, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, in, in these kind of circumstances. Yep. And it was just that mentality of, yep. you know, like, like, oh, I want to do the upfront thing. I don't want to you know, do the behind the scenes, yes. you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. So there's a difference between, I, I guess what we're saying, there's a difference between people that are willing to serve 
and then people that are self-appointed. Right. And it is a big difference. Right. And this actually goes along with what we're talking about, like where do you find your place in the church? Because a lot of people don't um, maybe know what their strength is or know what their gifting is, and this is all new to them, sure. right? And so like what we see, like in Timothy, with Timothy, is the elders, the people around him are identifying his strength mm-hmm. and then affirming that strength, right? right? And then that kind of places him in yeah, ministry, right? So he's not self-appointed. And so, like, whenever I meet with a couple over dinner or something, they're fairly new, I'll usually ask them what their gifts are, like how, how God has yeah. wired them. Um, and most of the time, people won't know. And so the second thing you do is ask their spouse. Yeah. So it's usually the people <laughs> around the person right. that are able to actually af- affirm properly and then that person becomes appointed properly right. to the to the proper place, right? So there's a difference between someone who's willing. Um, there's ways to figure out what your strengths are, and then to get you there, right? Um, but I, but I, again, I think your motive is important. You know, yeah. the character and the and the posture in which you're you're approaching Absolutely. that service, and then the self-appointed person. It's like, no, you you got a couple things to learn before, right? You know, we <laughs> hand you a gun. And I think you know part of our role as pastors is exactly what we're talking about to, to equip the saints for, for sure. the work of the ministry. Yes. It's not the job of the pastors to do all the work of the ministry, right. but to equip the saints for the work right. of the ministry. And so to help identify you know people's giftings and people's callings, and say you know what I think you would fit over here yep. doing, doing this particular thing. Yep. And, and I think there you know there's a grace for people that um, you know I'm thinking about someone who might you know come to our fellowship from a previous church and, and, and maybe they're a church two person, you know, where they've right. you know, suffered some hurt for sure and some for things. Sure. And, and I, you know, I think our expectation would not, not necessarily be like, okay, day one, like, okay, we're going to, you know, yeah. here's a shovel, start digging. Yeah. Throw them right to the you front know, lines. Right. Like there's some grace for people exactly. that are kind of recovering from, yeah. from hurts and those yeah. kinds of things. Just be ministered to for a while. Yeah. Right. And, and, and serving is, is a huge part of ministry being ministered to. Right. So you don't it want is. to deny that, but there's, there's times you need, you need people to just chill and yeah. to just soak in as much as they can. Right. Sometimes people need their wounds licked, you know, for yeah, a little while. For sure. I think it's Tim Keller that talks about that. The, he's got a book titled "The Freedom of Self Forgetfulness." I love that. Like getting book. our eyes off of ourselves. Number one, I yeah. love it because it's super small. <laughs> it's Number two, read. I love it because it's Tim Keller. Number yeah. three, I love it because of the content. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's an amazing. Look. Pick that up if you. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's something to be said for yeah. getting your eyes off of yourself yes. and, and on others and looking for ways. Actually, that's that you the key to joy. It's the key to peace. It's yeah. the key to loving others. It's the key to not being frustrated by others. It's, yeah. the, it's the key to everything yeah. is forgetting about ourselves. Being a, a consumer, like, it's an insatiable appetite. Yes. Right? It's never satisfying. No, it's like never how much satisfying. consumption is enough? Well, just yeah. like just a little bit more. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so you'll, you'll never exhaust that appetite. Exactly. Um, you know, so for the, for the person that might be asking, you know, so we've said a lot, but like, you know, where, where do I fit in the church? Um, you know, just look for places that, that you can help. Chances are, if you, if you notice something that needs to be done, then like maybe God's calling you to lean into that totally. area. If, if there's something that, that bugs you that like, because it could be different, that, well, maybe you're gifted in that particular area to help, you know, make that thing better. Exactly. Whatever it is. Because we'll get, we'll get that a lot, right? Where people will come to us. Pastor, I have this great idea. We should do yeah. this, and then uh, they'll unpack it, and then they'll be like, "Okay, good, have fun with that." Yeah, and like, <laughs> like we need that. Like we need another, you know, hole in our brains. Right. You know, like we you know. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, consider like if God's putting something on your heart, and that doesn't yeah. mean that someone who comes up or sees something, spots something that's maybe a gap, is the right person for right. it. Right, but they probably ought to exhaust that first. Right, that they may be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think just just like you know when we talked about evangelism, that they're you know, like everybody's required or you know mandated by Scripture to yes. engage in evangelism. Some are especially gifted in it. I think the same is true of, of service Absolutely. in the church. You know, everybody's you know called to, to engage in the church and to be a member of the body and to not be a thumb or a big toe out here on their own. Like to be connected. Um, but there are some who maybe have you know special kinds of giftings that are you know kind of more super servants. You know, right. all those guys deacons. Right. Um, maybe another discussion for another time. But like you know, God has gifted the church with those who excel yes. um, at serving in ways that that are noticeable, right? Yes. Um, but just because someone doesn't you know occupy an office or have have a title, mm-hmm. like everybody should be contributing. And I think our encouragement to people listening in would be you know to consider how you're contributing to the church. Yeah, agreed. And, and as you serve, I believe that your gifting, like a lot of times your, your discovery of 
what God has uniquely placed on you for the body of Christ mm-hmm. is not discovered right away. A lot of times it's discovered as you simply just start to serve. Right. Like start there, do something, fill a gap, and then uh, the more that you serve within the body of Christ and pour out to others, the more like um, your unique gifting will be articulated. Right. And you'll be able to fine-tune that and, yep. and find you know, um, more direct ways to to appease that gift. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anything else to be said on where one fits in in the church? No. No. Well, we, we filled our time with just the two of us. We did, dude. Look yeah. at us go, yeah. you and Pretty I. Pretty cool. I was thinking, like, this is going to be a half hour. That's the first. You know? I told Chad, I told Chad <laughs> when we started, we sent Brent home, and it was like, maybe we should just, like, run an old episode today and cancel, you know? <laughs> like, how are we going to do? So, yeah. Um, but yeah. obviously, I mean, you can you can go on you can go for days miles right. man on right. these on these topics they're things that are super practical that we need to be mindful of every day and um, be intentional with every day and get better at every day and um, yep. all that good stuff so absolutely yep yeah well um, if we've covered it all at least for today um, let me pray we for did. us and we can we can call it a day sounds good all right God thanks for today and uh, thanks for our discussion again just pray for Brent that you'd help him uh, just in his sickness that uh, he would bounce back uh, quickly. Uh, that you would uh, meet him in his difficulty right now. Uh, we do pray for uh, just people tuning in uh, that might be uh, convicted in the areas of evangelism and service to the church, that you would uh, help those people to find their place, that you would help those people to even overcome uh, apprehension or fears of engaging uh, with the larger church or engaging with people in spiritual conversations. Um, that you would help us to, to care for people in such a way that, that we would walk through our fears, push through our difficulties uh, by help of the Spirit uh, to engage in ways that you've called us to engage. And I'm just asking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. All right. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.